A key component of the modern world economy, the chemical industry delivers products and innovations to enhance everyday life. It is also an industry in transformation, where chemical executives and workers are delivering growth and industry-changing advancements while responding to pressures from investors, regulators, and public opinion. Discover how leading companies are approaching these challenges here on The Chemical Show. Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer. Hi, I'm Victoria Meyer. Welcome to The Chemical Show. This week, I am speaking with Nusheen Shamsili, who is the CEO of Nuco Logistics, a leading freight service provider to the chemical industry. Nusheen and I were talking recently about what's happening in supply chain and marine freight and other things. And I said, Nusheen, let's get this on a recording so everybody can hear us. So here we go. Nusheen, welcome. Hi, Victoria. So good to be on your podcast again. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you here. So let's just jump right in. What is happening in marine logistics, right? So is congestion easing? I think we're kind of two years in from the craziness of COVID. Has, have things gotten better? Yes. So if you compare today with pre-pandemic times, I can tell you that nothing looks better comparatively. But if we're talking about 2020 And 2021, compared to 2022, this year, we can see some improvements. What we can see, and most of the think tankers in the industry and analysts are talking about, is that with the changes that are going on in our industry, we are seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. Well, let me first be very clear that actual light is not going to be seen anywhere before September 2023. This is the most conservative forecast for it. But even right now, we can see some changes in the industry. One of the major changes is the freight rates, ocean freight rates. And by that, I'm referring to spot freight rates, not the ones that are negotiated in the contracts with the steamship lines. They have peaked their maximum level. And in some trade lanes, they have started to coming down gradually. Some of them are coming up with that peak level a little bit later. But in fact, we're not seeing that many drastic increase in the ocean freight as we used to see in 2021, which was crazy and changing every 15 minutes for imports and at least every month, month and a half for export shipments out of the U.S. So in that respect, this is a good news. What we can see is that ever since the news from Europe broke up about Ukraine and Russia war. We have seen some concerns in the market. We have seen some slowdown in the movement of the cargo, but it's not at the level that it eases off the overcapacity of the bookings with the steamship lines. So we're still seeing those rollovers of the bookings with the steamship lines on certain routes, but not as often and not as drastic as we used to see in 2021. So why do you say it's going to take till 2023 to ease? What happens? What's the magic there? Well, here's the thing. There are a few things happening at the same time, unfortunately. We're facing lack of equipment 
both in terms of dry containers and isotanks in the market. And I'm only focusing on international ocean shipment for import and export. These are the equipments that I refer to. We have been seeing mostly shortage of trucking and drayage for local deliveries. Then we have very high freight rates and lack of space availability on the vessels. So all this should get corrected piece by piece in this puzzle that has created such a destruction in the supply chain. At the same time, we have received the news about very high profits that steamship lines have made during the second quarter of 2023, which, by the way, we all know that there are some legal investigations going on. So untangling all these parts of this puzzle takes a little bit of time. We have started seeing a little bit of a release in making the, accepting the bookings from the steamship lines. Less vessels are skipping the ports right now. So the improvement is there, but it's very gradual. And one time, at one point, we say, okay, we have a great plan for the booking. We have a couple of options, but then we lack the driver, enough drivers to be able to pick up the loaded cargo. The other times, the driver is available, but the vessel has skipped the port due to being overbooked. So when all these (laughs) parts and pieces fall into place, finally, it may take until September 2023. But again, I'm emphasizing on the fact that we have seen improves and lack of increase in the ocean freight rates on the spot rate market. Interesting. How is the current economic environment in terms of inflation and potential recession affecting freight and marine movements? Well, in terms of inflation, we can see higher trucking rates. There are very low trucking rates in the market, but although they will quote you very low rates, but at the time of loading of your container and picking up the empties from the port, there would be a no-show or different kinds of excuses by the trucking companies. So if you pay the premium, which is obviously caused by the recession, then you would definitely actually get your cargo moved. So we have an increase in the gas prices, as you know, which has highly impacted domestic trucking. The same fuel surcharge has had an increase in the ocean freight, and it's a it's trickling down a whole chain of supply chain. So yes, recession, we can easily see that. In terms of if I can see any signs of inflation or not, not really. There's a lot of talk in the market about it. Cargo may be slowing down in terms of import and export for a little while, for two or three weeks, but then we see a higher increase the months following that reduction. So even if it is an incession, it's going to be very mild and we haven't felt it in our line of business yet. Got it. That makes sense. And I think that's kind of, we're seeing that across the chemical industry, right? That there's a recognition that of inflation, right? It's a fact that we're potentially in a recession and that depends a little bit on what market you're in. But by and large, the executives and others that I talk with are saying, well, they're not really seeing an effect. They're not seeing dramatic slowdowns and reductions. Now, some of that's coming, right? I think there's some experts out there that just say, hang tight, it's coming. But in fact, I think with the recent second quarter earnings calls that have been happening, there's been a number of companies that have said, well, 
maybe it's going to be better for the year than I thought it would be. So I think we've got a lot of mixed messages in the market right now. True. That's exactly what I hear in our space. Yeah. So one of the things that's interesting, you you talk about companies will have a booking, they think they're secured, but maybe not. What's going on with that? And then how do you help your clients navigate that environment, right? Because I think it's a challenge when you've lined up all the pieces, you've made a sale, you think you've got the freight lined out, you think it's going to go, and then you're surprised. What's your advice on that usually? Victoria, to be very honest with you, we learned a lot in the past two years during post-pandemic time. We have realized that we should all as a team be smarter in our approach to our vendors and in conveying the information to our customers on a daily basis. Meaning that what we have learned is that now when we're asking for a tracking rate or when we're asking for an ocean freight rate, we do ask the vendors is this, would this rate bring in a confirmed loading and space? Yes or no? Would you definitely confirm that you will load the cargo and pick up the container in a timely manner as it is mentioned in your dispatch? And they said, yes. Then we will go ahead and place the order with them. One of the advantages we used to bring to the table was becoming very competitive if the cargo that was being exported or imported needed to be competitive rate for the freight, et cetera. But nowadays, that is completely out of question. It's not about how low you can go. It's just about the fact that can you move the cargo or not? And that's our main focus. And one thing that we always mention to our customers is that, look, we got to have options. Even if we're working with your service contracts, we have to have plan B that in case the steamship line did not pick up your cargo or your booking got rolled over for three weeks down the road, then we already have a second and third option that we can immediately shift and get the cargo moving. It all comes down to how quickly you need your cargo to be exported or being on a vessel, whether it's an import into the U.S. or exporting to the U.S. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you're right. I think everybody's found that in the last couple of years that they need more options rather than fewer options, right? So at one point across the industry, it was, well, let's manage our suppliers and service providers and have fewer that maybe have a bigger impact. But certainly coming out of the pandemic, I think we're all seeing that having more options is better. More service providers, more potential suppliers, more potential customers, right? Because there's so many moving parts that are going on. So that's interesting. So let's turn the table a little bit and let's talk about sustainability. So I know NUCO recently received its EcoVadis rating, right? For the very first time. Can you discuss the process and what led you to pursue that for NUCO? Well, sustainability is a very new concept for NUCO. We have been officially introduced to sustainability and the subject matters that it covers and entails in 2021. And the way we got exposed to this concept was by the fact that Nuco attended a mentorship program by the pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca. And in one of their monthly conversations with our mentors, we were asked about our sustainability programs because all these manufacturing companies, especially in the space of pharmaceutical they have targets for 2025 and 2030 that if the vendors 
are not active in sustainability, then they will remove them from the list of their vendors. So now Nuco was intending to get through the door through this pharmaceutical companies and realize, oh my God, we have done nothing for sustainability. Fortunately, through this organization, we were introduced to a company, a consulting company that can help services based on their products to go through bringing up the procedures and all the terms and conditions that is required to even be considered by Ecovadis to become a sustainable company or to be rated. So we got in touch with that company and they helped us tremendously in going through all our procedures, what is in place. And most of these were in place. But first of all, the language was different. We have not posted many of those procedures and our missions, and particularly in terms of equal opportunity for employment, et cetera, on our website, which they advised us we should do that. So with that, we started the journey towards getting rated by Ecovadis. And six months later, with the hard work of the team that was mainly in working on this with that consulting company, we could get everything in place and we submitted our application. And three months later, fortunately, we were awarded by Ecovadis a silver medal, which apparently is a very good rating for the first. That's excellent. You know, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of work. That's good. Correct. But the fact of the matter is that it does not end there. It's a, as they call it, it's a journey. This was just the first phase of being rated by Ecovadis. Now, our journey has three stages and we have just finished stage one. So we're now working again back with our consulting company to work on stage two and stage three, which has been defined in the Pulse report initially when they evaluated Nuco. And that's Basically, what our customers, the big manufacturing plants, particularly in Europe, want to see, that you're doing something about it, that you are addressing it. Even if you're not rated, even if you have not achieved the gold medal, that's fine. They just want to know that you are aligned with their vision of sustainability and what services that you're offering or who your vendors are, what kind of opportunities do you provide, etc. I think it's interesting, Nusheen, that it really took until 2021 before it became a topic for you, right? Because I think in a lot of the bigger companies across the chemical space, sustainability has been a topic for a while. But in so to a certain degree, it's surprising. And yet I was at a event earlier this year with a group of smaller chemical companies. And we talked about this. What is the importance of ESG and sustainability to your customers? And surprisingly, like 80% of them said that their customers never asked them about this. And so I think a lot of companies are at risk thinking that the fact that nobody's asked them about it yet makes it okay. Because as you say, when we think about sustainability in its broadest sense, 2025, 2026, 2030 are all critical years and they're coming quickly. I think the other piece that you talked about is that you found out that you had already had much of this. And I think that's true as well, right? I think people across the industry, companies recognize, well, I'm already behaving sustainably. I'm already doing all of these things. But it's also the aspect of capturing it in one place, following the right language, which 
every rating, every protocol has its own nuances and its own language. And then being more transparent about it is critical. Exactly. Now, interesting when you mentioned that it was only until 2021, which is what I said, that we came to understand the importance of the sustainability was that I personally used to think that it is only for the companies who have a manufacturing facility or they have a production. We are a service company. We do not produce anything. We do not distribute anything. And we use the steamship lines and other tank operators in order to move the chemical cargo internationally. But what caught my attention was the fact that in every industry, whether you're a service provider or consultant, you have to have these procedures in place and be aware of who you're working with, who your vendors are, and are they also in line with the commitments to sustainability? I thought, okay, we're just reducing the number of coffee pods that we're using in the office. So we're really a sustainable company. But that was not the case, obviously. Yeah, I think that's great. I think, um, and I think there's a lot that other companies can learn from you with that. And I think it is easy to assume that since you're not manufacturing anything, that you're exempt. And in the current marketplace, no one's exempt. <laughs> Absolutely. It's good. So what does this do for you? So you've gone through this whole process and it's a continuing journey, as you say. What does this do for you and how is NUCO planning to leverage this? Oh, unbelievable. Two of our major VIP clients who have the manufacturing plants also in Europe during this process, just really by accident, coincidentally, they sent an email from their European entities to all their vendors across the world and asked them what is their policies with regards to sustainability, which we were already in the process of working on it and getting rated by Ecovadis, which we reported to them. But once you get rated by this organization, you can reach out to the other members and let them know that they can see your rating and therefore they can choose you as your vendors. And I'm pleased to tell you that through that portal of Ecovadis, not only have we been connected with those European entities and they know that we are a rated company, so therefore we receive inquiries from them directly, but here we have had the opportunity of opening doors to the pharmaceutical manufacturing plants and we have been working with them in a couple of capacities with their European and American Texas-based plants to offer them our services. So it really came in handy at the right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One more tool in the toolkit, so to speak, to help with your business. Yes, for sure. Awesome. That's really great. I'm super excited to hear that. And congratulations for making that happen because I know it was a big effort for you and for NUCO. Thank you, Victoria. And I just wanted to take the opportunity to tell you that I watch each and every episode of The Chemical Show and it's very informative. It is an amazing and very professional way of talking about different aspects from packaging to sustainability to distribution. So thank you for bringing this tool to our daily life in our crazy lives in supply chain. Well, you are welcome. It's been a really fun journey and having amazing guests like you really helps. So I appreciate that. So Nusheen, what's next for you and for NUCO as we look out towards the end of 2022 and into 23? What's on your horizon? 
Well, for one, the top of the agenda is to continue working on phase two of sustainability, which has been scheduled and my team is already busy working with the consulting company in achieving that. In addition to that, we have been working on a few big projects for a couple of years that we think it's going to be finalized by then. But this means that we have to hire more people in NUCO and be structurally ready for those projects to come on board. Hiring is a little bit of a challenge for us these days, as I understand it is for everyone else. So we're looking for highly skilled and people who live and breathe supply chain. They love the excitement. They love the, all the cancellations that they can get and then turn it around as a challenge and make it work. So we're building more and more stronger team in NUCO by hiring people and just getting through the next three, four months in the most productive way for our customers to be able to move their cargo. And looking forward to brighter days in 2023 when some of this eases up, we hope. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you sharing your perspectives and being part of the Chemical Show. My pleasure, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. And thank you everyone for listening today. Keep listening, following and sharing and stay tuned for another great episode. Thank you. We've come to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more. Simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.